we literally just said, let's do it. Right, JT? Let's go. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Um, how to introduce this episode? I was thinking quite a bit about it. And, and we have all of our innovator audience that's listening in, right? We see this emerging market taking place. And uh, those that are joining the conversation as guests, they each want to share further and further, kind of here's where it's headed. JT, I'm going to make a case you are a unicorn innovator. And there are so many levels to you being a unicorn. We're just going to start with that. The one thing before we begin that I'll set is, at, I was thinking, how do we measure success of this episode? I've been asking more and more how to define things, how to be very intentional. I think it would be that we accelerate the emerging market with our conversation, which will be, is the head of HR, the internal CMO. Okay, so that's the backdrop. JT, I'm going to make a case for you being the unicorn, if you don't mind just reflecting on a few things, starting with 15 years in Silicon Valley, HR yeah. executive within technology. Mm -hmm. What have you seen? Holy, we could probably do multiple episodes just on this. What have you seen? I mean, it's been an amazing journey. Uh, I have... Uh, I watched it from afar back in Boston when it was the heyday of 2000 and uh, and then came into play in it. Uh, and boy, has it changed. Uh, it has gone through different cycles of macroeconomic uh, situations and crisis and wars and and covid. And uh, it's still a very resilient uh, industry, um, it, but it's one that it, the pace has changed at a lot. Uh, the the pace of change is is dramatically faster, and sure. uh, you have Can to keep imagine. up with that. Just like this generative AI stuff that's going on now, is uh, it is fast moving, and you even have executives saying, "Slow it down." Uh, we need to understand what this all really means for our business, our society, because we've learned from our past about the pace of technology. And there's a, a, a beautiful, a positive, productive impact, but there's also a shadow side that we need to be more conscious of as a society. But oh there my God, indeed. Silicon Valley has been amazing. It's been a great ride so far. I was just thinking about certain phases of the employee experience that you must have seen that are remarkable, maybe one of few people to be that close to the decisions being made. For example, you've gone through a period where in six months, like 6,000 hires, 5,000, like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one was um, from 650 employees to 5,000 employees in six months. Boy. And we did that through organic and acquisition growth uh, to, to add all those people into the organization. Um, I remember in you know talking about the days of Silicon Valley where we were competing for talent, especially engineering talent, and we would give Jeeps as a sign-on bonus uh, for the oh. engineers uh, if they were able to join Yahoo at the time. Um, we had buses that were taking folks from from San Francisco down to uh, the the Bay Area. And uh, we'd have our buses wrapped with branding uh, to try and attract people to come and work with Yahoo at the time. Um, same with Electronic Arts, Living Social, um, all different guerrilla marketing strategies that uh, we needed to deploy in order to build our talent base. So it was uh, that gave us the chops for uh, heads of HR to also have um, that, those marketing chops as well ridiculous experiences. And, and uh, as we as we'll go through, you'll get to see some of my ideas are good, some are not good. So I'm going to throw one that I wasn't sure good or not good. I, I looked at the depth of kind of thinking about you as a unicorn innovator, the folks that were being hired, right, gives you a perspective of seeing products that resonated, products that resonate in our society. And you were part of the process to attract the top talent that would build experiences that are accelerating the change in our society, right? Absolutely. You know, it was interesting because uh, there were so many wonderful ideas. And there was a lot of times where we, we were ahead of ourselves because the tech, the ideas were there, but the ability to deliver 
that solution or uh, was the technology, the capacity, the processing capacity, you know, the 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 ability for the phones to uh, take on um, more of the technology in our own hands. Uh, those were things that we had to wait for the tech to catch up uh, So to our ideas. So I'm seeing a lot of things that are going out in market today that were ideas that we had 10 years ago uh, that just we couldn't successfully deploy because of um, where we were in uh, our, our data and processing power and the devices that we were leveraging at the time. Ideas is where it starts. And what's really interesting is that ideas follow a certain law of diffusion of innovation, right? There's a certain number of people that understand, like the innovators, two and a half percent, and then the rest at various stages, if indeed it does become a thing and crosses the chasm, it goes how, how perfectly that ties into what is happening here. Like we're having discussions now about ideas that only innovators and the way I know is because I, I almost get like, I get from one phone call, what's exciting to another conversation where I'm just getting beat up. And I get more of those where I'm getting beat up. But those that are exciting are not just exciting. It's like, oh, you see it too? Oh, I'm not alone, right? So you and I, I shared with you what I've seen with the innovators already in our, in our community. It's this idea that how do we bridge customer experience and employee experience? Mm -hmm. Both ways, right? Learn from and contribute to. We talk about reorientation. It's about the person, the human, just like we do in the world of customers, customer obsession, product, you know, how do we meet them where they are? We use the word consumerization, meet the pressure to consumerize. The technical definition is spot on. The word rubs some people off. We get 50% who say it's awesome, 50% not so much. But ultimately, what the question that has been coming up more and more is um, how do you actually bring that marketing mindset, right, to the employee experience? And many lead us to talk about departments that are going to be launched. In some cases, the first hires have been made two, three hires and so on. So JT, I can't wait. I can't wait for us to dig in. Uh, enough context for me. I'd love to first understand Symphony AI, right? A number of companies being rolled together. If you could share at the highest level kind of the, the history so that we understand the context of your point of view. Sure. So Symphony AI is a company that was established in 2017. So it's going on its sixth year, and uh, it was established as uh, an organization that was originally a holding company that had uh, collected a whole bunch of, of different organizations and purchased different organizations that had very specific use cases to solve a customer problem in different verticals industrial manufacturing or in CPG or retail grocery stores or uh, in media on collecting revenue. Uh, so there was a variety of different companies that uh, 11 total uh, and uh, they were then merged together. They were they were pretty much operating like a portfolio. And then uh, there was a decision that, you know what, we have this powerful uh, um, services model in which we know our customers so well, uh, but how do we AIify this? How do we create a platform that can take uh, the these business use cases and make them scalable and adaptable to other use cases in their verticals? And so that's when uh, we created this operating company and hired in Sanjay Dawan, who is our CEO. And we have been on that journey of hiring uh, executives for Symphony. We've just rounded that out and are going through a process of unifying all of these uh, disparate companies into one operating company. Uh, and so the, the, the easy part is that you can totally unify uh, the data, even though data unification is hard too. And I know you and I've had some discussions around this previously, but mm -hmm. um, while the data is, is easy to pull together, um, it is hard to bring cultures together. And so that is where uh, as the head of, Mark, uh, of, of HR or the internal CMO 
is that this is where I am going to need that extra uh, uh, strategy to help with bringing these cultures together as well. There's so much to reflect. I would just briefly say from an AI perspective, you know, I heard this analogy that we've electrified, like once electricity was available to humankind, mm -hmm. it went through a, a cycle that now AI is coming in and that's going to be a part of all aspects of our lives with a shadow side to it that you mentioned before, lots of considerations here. And, um, you know, thinking about the acquisition and, and roll up and unification, oh, not for the faint of hearts, for sure, right? It is not. Yeah, I, I would say that this, I definitely took on this opportunity because of the challenge. Um, once you're in it, you realize how challenging this is. And we are orchestrating uh, transformations across all different businesses and how we operate, unification of back office, um, go-to-market strategies that are being refined, on top of that is innovating on our AI platform to keep pace with, uh, you know, what's out in market and and in, in just the startup activity that's going on in the world is is figuring out what is our acquisition strategy as well to, uh, you know, get ahead of that innovation through our own development as well as through acquisition. So we're very busy uh, and it's one where, you know, when we we go back to the the original content of like, okay, the um, CMO is responsible for getting that, or even just Yahoo or Silicon Valley. It was always about getting the right content to the right person at the right time so that we could get a sale, right? And, and that's what, you know, we need to be thinking about when we're dealing with our employee base and this whole integration. Uh, is how do we get the right content uh, to the right employee at the right time to activate them or to electrify them into uh, you know purpose and delivery of either a product or a sale or just supporting the business to be successful? You're literally the next place where I wanted to go is to make sure that we create a clear bridge from customer experience from the world of marketing and marketing means different means different things to different people. So yeah. you giving us the definition for this conversation, delivering the right message, right? At the right time in order to trigger behavior, sure, sale awareness, but could we translate that to internal change of behavior? And what aspects of the behavior you mentioned culture is incredibly important with what's next, right? If we take that marketing mindset and we ask the question of what aspects of the employee experience where culture shows up that we, from a marketing mindset, can ask the question, how do we show up in the right time with the right message in the right place? And I'm just, I want to open up the conversation here because I'm curious, do you think onboarding, do you think performance management, leadership development, what areas, what aspects of the employee experience that you're defining to go after and prioritize as you think about introducing this marketing mindset? It's everything, honestly. And it's even before they become an employee, you know, from your employment brand and creating that brand awareness and how uh, the market, the talent marketplace experiences your brand or what uh, conclusions they come to based on what's out there around your brand to, uh, to your point of just the entire life cycle of onboarding, uh, to uh, getting them set up to 30, 60, 90 days, uh, their day one, uh, all the way through performance management, there's promotion. Every single touch point has an opportunity for uh, us to think about what is that experience going to be? Is it going to be automated? Is it going to be something that is personalized? Is it something that will nudge the manager to ensure that it's uh, engaging for the uh, employee and also that it is valuable to the manager. Um, so that whole, you can orchestrate the entire employee lifecycle. What I see today is mostly focused on the employment brand uh, aspect of things where, uh, and, and a little bit on the, the in initial 90 days, uh, but it can go the full spectrum of, of consideration. 
Uh, and it's just about where do you want to, um, you know, where where is your organization as well as your HR capabilities uh, and and technology um, uh, available to you to to start doing these things. Um, there's like uh, there was somebody who works on my team that. Uh, 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 uses, a, it's like a concierge service or that you're anticipating their next step and we're prepared for what those next steps are in order to, uh, you know, serve up that right content at that right time. Uh, but that has to be very thoughtful and really understanding your customers, which is our employees, and in segmenting that out and creating personas as to what uh, those personas are going to be looking for. Just spot on everything you're saying. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's, that's perfect, 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 perfect. Touch points, perfect, perfect. Personas, all all the elements. You know, I was I'm looking at quotes that were transformational at their time for certain for for the world of marketing and how we think about customers. And Steve Jobs said, you know, get so close to your customers. I'm paraphrasing that you know what they need before they do. And I was thinking, okay, okay, we're now in a moment in time where that quote is going to be used internally. Get to your employees, which most organizations call them associates, you know, humans, uh, crew members. Get so close to them that you know what they need before they do. JT, I, I would like your reaction. Do you do you agree that this is the emerging? This is like the tip of the spear. This is the emerging market. If you're asking the question in your position with all of the resources that you and what you've seen in Silicon Valley, we're literally unlocking an entirely new industry in a way or a new function. I, I absolutely think so. And I mean, that's the holy grail. Uh, and if you can uh, understand, uh, you know, what your your employees need uh, and anticipate that prior to it ever um, being surfaced, uh, it, you know, you've got a, a highly competitive advantage of, of really continuing to engage and and, and keep them uh, productive and and happy. Uh, you know, it's interesting because there are multi generations in the organization. Uh, so this is complicated in that, um, you know, you, you need to understand the different uh, audience segments uh, that you have uh, in order to program that and what is important to one group. And again, every individual is an individual, but in general, in general, these multi-generational um, uh, workforce uh, cohorts need different things. And, and so how do you go about addressing that? Um, I, I mean, this, this would be the dream job, right? The thing that is challenging with it is getting the leaders of the company to believe in this too. They definitely push it for their employee. I mean, for their customers, we need to know our customers, customer centricity, customer centricity. And, and, and how can you translate all of that energy that they are, are, are learning about their customers into the same motions that need to happen on the HR side for employees? Uh, and, and that's, that's where, um, you know, you can, you can do a lot of work, but you need the buy-in from, from leadership to embrace this. And sometimes they're not, and then you're going to have to innovate and you're going to have to pilot and prove things and uh, and kind of go through that whole innovators, you know, cycle of getting some early adopters to eventually, you know, get to that mainstream adoption uh, of, of a program. So let's spend a few minutes about talking about how to get that buy-in. And, and I'd love your opinion on a theme that's coming up over and over again with guests. And then let's assume we got it. And we're going to start to go deeper into it. What would it look like? What are the steps involved in building these internal capabilities? Um, so the, what I have heard is that the approach of what marketing did many years ago to justify bigger budgets. Marketing isn't owning the relationship in organizations, right? It doesn't close the deal, right? So marketing justified itself and became really good at it by understanding the journey and all of the early signals and the leading indicators and the impressions and call to actions. And, you know, so, hey, does learning and development work in our organization? Absolutely. Well, we're going to apply marketing internally to get more to enroll, more to graduate. 
What is that going to do for our ROI? Here's what it means when more folks in our organization are engaged in learning and development. Here's the estimated, or maybe there's even correlation to turnover. So my question you know, to you, JT, is should we lean in to learn from marketing about how to sell internal motions and show a direct line of sight between these efforts and uh, the impact on the business? I mean, absolutely. I think that um, uh, I would argue that, um, and this will go a little beyond the scope of our thesis, is that we're also HR is the chief revenue officer. We're also the chief, the chief technology officer. We're also uh, the CFO managing, especially in a technology company, 70% of the costs of a P&L. Um, so one could argue that we're the internal CEO versus CMO, but I'll let that be for another podcast someday. <laughs> um, getting back to your question, though, is, yeah, absolutely. We need to learn from that. And um, and figure out how, like, what are the, and the, the good news is, is that they've had a whole huge learning curve um, over a period of time. We have better and faster tech that's easier to adopt quickly and to pilot. So we're at an advantage where we can take what uh, marketing has learned uh, from all of their past motions and, and pretty much adopt it in a quicker fashion uh, than before. Uh, I think that it's it's more of a mindset mindset than it is. Yes, you need to have your metrics and you need to have your uh, uh, you know dashboard and your use cases to you know, make sure that you can sell this idea and this concept into the organization. But it's more of a mindset than it is about all these financials, and you have to have those. But um, the mindset is uh, that. Is, is is about embracing the war for talent, the the, the that embrace embracing that we need to uh, um, how critical employees are, how essential they are to the success of a company, and that uh, I know people get it overall, uh, and leaders get that overall, but there is a tendency to have that be we're always focused on the customer. And instead, why don't we always focus on the employee? Because if you always focus on the employee, then the customers will come, the product will come, the uh, the revenue will come, and uh, and so I'd like to you know see companies that start with employee centricity as their their key priority, which will result in customer centricity. Uh, but that's a that's a big shift. It's coming though. That's the emerging market. But in order to demonstrate you believe it, it's, it can't be they say it. Everyone is saying it. When I was, I was writing for Inc., published the book, there is no leader I met who would say, no, I disagree. They're most important. They, they, all of the nice things are being said, right? Mm -hmm. Here's what my thesis is, what defines going from nice to doing something about it. This is, this is re, I'm sharing it for the first time. I've been rereading all the transcripts from all the episodes over the last couple of months a internal agency is launched, a team, a department, doesn't matter what you call it, you have resources. Because if you do not have resources to do the thing that you're saying is that important, then the difference between saying it and doing it, I'm not saying you have it today. I think mm -hmm. there are some that do, but most are thinking about it now. They're saying this is the emerging market. This is what we need to build. JT, your opinion, do you think there's going to be an internal team? And if yes, we're going to dig into that. If not, we'll go somewhere else. You know, it's that's an interesting question. And I, I really like how that was presented. Uh, I would say uh, I get a little squeamish when I hear internal mm -hmm. agency, because when you hear agency, you think uh, you associate it with marketing, which means big dollars and lots of, of, of campaigns and and marketing fluff. And, uh, you know, what are the real results going to be when you hear of agencies? Uh, and and so I think there's a potential connotation to that, but uh, mm -hmm. that that is negative. But the concept of having resources that uh, are, are more focused on, and I'll give just a unique example, uh, there's agencies that help with account-based marketing, right? And uh, that uh, plan out uh, how we are going to attack a, a strategy on how to get these five core customers. 
Well, that is the same thing we need to apply for talent-based marketing, right? Instead of ABM, you call it TBM, right? And you do need to have expertise as to what is the content? What is the thought leadership? What are the uh, touch points that are going to be important? So there is a lot of content that needs to be generated. uh, And there is a lot of moments that need to be identified that are the moments of of value add along that journey. Um, uh, And so the agency helps tremendously. Uh, So I'm not sure I call it the internal agency, but um, I do think that there are skill sets from uh, an agency uh, model that are very much uh, needed and, and, and transferable. And that then becomes, well, what, are the skill sets for human resources, exactly, uh, you know, uh, talent going forward uh, as we go into this? Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go there in a second. And I love mm-hmm. the the recognition that agency has different meanings, and I've seen both. I've seen some that call it an agency, and the reason they do, they they just think about it as so disruptive to what it needs to accomplish to break through the noise and and, and to reach people where they are so difficult. And who's going to need to work there, you know, probably is a very, you know, really creative, very disruptive thinkers. But then I totally agree with you. I've seen organizations where it's called an employee value proposition or, you know, the other team titles for what this team is. Uh, But JT, again, I I love this because I think this makes it real for those that are listening as you're contemplating doing this, even how you brand it and what it needs to do to get through the noise is a critical aspect and will trigger certain things within your leadership when you're coming in with this ask. Um, yeah, any comments yeah. there before? Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that, and this just reminded me of, of something that happened at Living Social. There was some uh, uh, innovative technology. I was an early adopter around uh, being able to do badging and have uh, coworkers give each other badges uh, to recognize their work. And it was a whole, it was an audience of the average age was 26 years old. And so there was a lot of the gamification that needed to happen in in order to incent um, a performance. And so we uh, adopted this platform that eventually got acquired by Salesforce and was incorporated into uh, their their CRM platform. And I I was speaking about this and, and the aha was uh, that this is not for everyone, right? Uh, this disruption, this way of operating. Um, there were heads of HR going, well, how do you monitor and and you know how do you control this and what about the compliance and and it was it was more free form and to your point, disruptive and like we didn't have all the rules and we were learning as we went along and we're iterating as we went along with this whole program and and so it is. It is for some and not for others. Uh, they are going to want to see that it, things have all been worked out before they adopt. So when it comes to this disruption that um, we want to generate in in the HR empl- uh, employee lifecycle journey and infusing more of a marketing sensibility, you, you need to know that your organization has some readiness or that you have some early adopters that are willing to be behind you on this. Uh, and, and so th- th- that is, again, I, I know we talked about it, but I, it's, it keeps, I keep going back to that a little uh, and, uh, and thinking about how this- I've been successful and, and how I've also learned, oh, this is just so not going to work here. This is the linchpin. Like this is super important for everyone who's listening in, whether you already have a team, you're in discussions of, of having a team. Even if you have a team, everyone I've talked to, they're, talk, they're, they're wanting to scale it, add more and more capabilities to make yeah. it more and more effective. We don't yet know what the ultimate size of the team is going to look like or its composition, right? Because we need to monitor the impact. We need to make sure that it's moving the needle on business goals of the organization, solving the burning platforms. We know it's only a leading indicator. It won't be absolutely direct and overnight, but the more we learn, the more it's going to be uh, fueled. So uh, 
I'm glad. Yeah, we and you have to be you. comfortable with failure, right? You, you, that is something that we must, you, the head of HR, the client that's taking it on, the organization, you know, we, we need to be comfortable with learning and iterating and, and failing and, uh, and chalking that up. Um, so th those are also attributes that are essential um, as part of, uh, as part of that motion. And that is part of the marketing world. You pick an audience, you run a campaign, you fail fast. It was actually funny. We, we had Vince on a couple of days ago, actually a CMO who said, is employees the last audience? Are we, have we pointed marketing to all other audiences in politics and education yeah. and governments and every other aspect, except the place where they spend majority of their time, right? And then that marketing will be all about learning, just like little experiments that this work, that this not, that this work, this piece of content in this moment, we're going to be asking questions of channels. Where are we even reaching them? Do we think they need another email? I think the answer is no. No. Yeah. And not everybody's on email anymore. And that's also, no, you know, that's a baby boomer thing and a, and a, a, a Gen X uh, thing. You know, we have to be um, accessible through WhatsApp and uh, through Slack and, you know, all the different channels. Um, as you mentioned, there are plenty of them, and, but there's also information overload, right? And and there's just too much consumption of small, a small amount of data in a high volume uh, way that it's it's hard to break through the the noise uh, and uh, to make sure that we're getting the right messages, the right time, right channel, um, and and it's a one size fits one for individuals uh, and for Ooh. organizations. Nailed it. Mm -hmm. Just spore that specific individual. So, so let let's. I know it's going to be difficult. Let's start thinking about this internal team. Mm -hmm. That's a compromise between an agency and a department. We're just going to think about it as a team. Mm -hmm. And um, the way I think about what the team needs to. These are my words. So you, you can reflect, react to them, or we can start talking about the dynamics of the team. I, I've been pushing myself to simplify. We start with data that you and I already discussed. On the other side is another word that you had already said, which is a nudge. That's mm -hmm. between data and nudge. And it's iterative. There's more data from the nudge and so on. And, you know, biased alert for the most of you already know, I'm in the nudge world, right? A technology company, it's six years, millions of nudges. I, I believe nudges is the only way to get someone's attention. So if, well, first, maybe you're like, hey, I don't mind data to nudge. And then what is the team? How do we start thinking about their skill sets? Who's most important, you know, to start with? How do we start giving it shape? That is a that is a big question. Um, but huge, it is, huge. <laughs> it is huge. But the nudges is what is going to help with the getting through the noise, right? Okay. So that helps with breaking it. And, and especially if it's coming from a credible uh, resource, you know, source to help with the nudge. Um, some nudges could be annoying, right? And, uh, you know, fly in the ear that you're swatting away. So you want to make sure that, um, you know, one is when you're designing these nudges, and I would say that you can do that throughout the entire life cycle. But the coolest thing is with AI that there's a lot of predictive um, data and analytics out there that can help us with uh, creating um, these warning signals to help with nudges. So, uh, um, you know, an example, I'm just trying to think of an example where having uh, an employee who all of a sudden is um, uh, maybe in the the team health of uh, um, the scrum team uh, for engineering uh, where you take health surveys and you're seeing um, sporadic uh, ratings is that 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 gives you some analytics as to what's going on with this person and nudging, the scrum master or or their career coach to say, hey, can you connect with them and make sure that everything's good? Like, is something happening? 
uh, with them that's maybe distracting for their unpredictability and find out that it was, oh, it has to deal with a person on the team. Uh, and, and then it's looking further into that. And you, so you can use a lot of data to help with exploring and personalizing the peeling back the onion. Uh, and uh, that those are nudges along the way too, that you can give to a manager to help with the engagement and understanding and personalizing the interactions that you have with your employee. So, so true. You look at every aspect of the employee experience and you ask, how do you improve it, right? Whether it's performance management, whether it's the relationship between manager and employee, whether it is on a learning and development side, you know, mm -hmm. product, product launches, potentially um, someone is sick and coming back their first days. It, it doesn't like if we start to look at moments that matter within the employee experience with a marketing mindset in mind, and then start thinking about really cool and amazing content that will get their attention. Like we know it can't be click here, go look at our video arsenal of a thousand videos, find the one that you would like. It's only 45 minutes. Have a good time. You, you're welcome. Like that's not going to do it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think that there's, it's about curating, right? There's, and that's what marketing does as well is like they, they are curating the content, they're programming the content. And that goes back to your personas, your programming, your content, your thought leadership, uh, all the things that you want, you have in your arsenal in order to uh, create those moments and touch points that uh, are curated. We're doing this thing at Symphony where um, we, you know, Symphony AI, we have AI in our name, we have AI in our product. Um, we want to make sure that AI is truly flowing through the DNA of every employee. Uh, and um, it's AI for everyone. It's not just for the, the techies or for the product. It's everybody needs to be understanding uh, the beauty, the power, the magic of AI. And, and so we're curating um, content based on you know, salespeople need to know about AI in this way. And uh, the general population of like HR and accounting and and the back office need to know about AI in another way. And um, how do we develop the skills of our engineers and our product leaders around how to integrate AI and embrace AI as part of the product development? So this is a, a, a program that is purely about upskilling, reskilling our, our workforce um, in a very curated way. Uh, that has uh, multiple, multiple uh, content um, uh, influences and, and diverse uh, content providers uh, to make this all happen. At the risk of almost being a little bit of an inception, like is the coin spinning or not spinning? It's like, how do you take AI to create campaigns for the teams that are working on AI to inspire them and, and how they're seeing the world and ask for their feedback of the AI, AI they just experienced for that aspect of their employee experience. That, that's exactly it. I mean, and, and now you have generative AI where, uh, or chat GBT where you can like type in something and ask it and you can retool it a little and, and, and it can learn very quickly as to, you know, here's what we would recommend as to the things that need to be served up. So it's out there. Um, now, whether it is accurate enough that takes into consideration, you know, our culture or, our, you know, where we are in our life cycle and all those type of things is, is uh, things, more inputs that you can give it so that it can refine its modeling. Um, but that is, uh, that is the power of AI. That's what we need to eventually embrace um, because those the the programming that AI can generate um, will give us more time to not be doing that legwork and more time to deal with relationship and be able to deal with connections and camaraderie and the community and just more the human side of things versus the transactional side that um, you know we spend a lot of time putting efforts into building programs and projects that AI could pretty much do instantaneously for us in the future. And it's doing it today in some cases.
Totally. I, I play with ChatGPT all the time now. I'm asking it, hey, what would be a little nudge that you would send in the following context? Healthcare worker, feeling fatigue, and this, and this is where they're located. This is what, you know, our team is actually integrating ChatGPT into the creation of nudges, not yet directly to the users, but to those who are overseeing the nudge creation, which really, JT, is where I want to broad strokes the back to the team we're looking to create. Right? Yes, and I know yeah, it's a huge question. You, it's, I should have probably been like, hey, JT, I'm going to be asking you this question. Let's talk about it because it's so big. The things that are coming up all the time are analytics, technology, mm -hmm. at least understanding, content creation, having the skill set to understand how to get through the noise, potentially video production, or maybe ability to work with video resources because video is the way we're consuming a lot of content outside. Um, data, data, so broad strokes, JT, how would you approach what this team would need either early on, later, just to brainstorm? So I think that a lot of the HR departments have the data and they have the content, right? There is definitely a tech piece that, you know, you're going like tech is evolving very quickly. You need to select your right tech. You, it needs to integrate with all your different systems that can get complicated quickly, um, especially when you're global, then you have GDPR, you know, there's all these things that you need to consider um, as, as it relates to the tech. The tech is what, um, it, it, I know it's a little bit of the, you know, like that's not the fun, you know, front end marketing stuff, but that is what is enabling. That's the engine that is make is the connective tissue. Um, then there is, you know, you mentioned video production and we actually have a whole bunch of apps where we don't need a, a studio, we don't need to produce, we have our phones, we can just, we'll, we'll type in three questions to, um, to employees, and it comes up, they answer the question, and then there's a whole uh, uh, um, tech that just produces this two-minute video around employee testimonials um, around a specific topic. So we don't need to have, you know, Yes, video is part of it. Um, there's also, you know, push messages to your phone that, uh, in, or to a certain app that's your, you know, employer's app that you can to, can program as well um, to to reach that audience. Uh, I think that it is. I think that HR in general, and, and at least the people that I've worked with in technology, that we have this intention. The intention is to to be able to take all the goodness of the talent and the company and uh, the market and connect it all together uh, in order to create purpose for that individual and bring the best out of them and bring out the potential in them. Uh, and that is in, so the, the, the purpose is there. It's just more about how do you activate that and organize it to your point. I think that an agency, the, the agency model of all these things that you were listing, um, they, they have, um, and I'm trying, I'm losing my words here for a second because it is, it is such a, it's a, it's a big shift, but in reality, it's not because the, the intentions there, it's like, how do you redirect it? uh, in, in a different way, uh, than what we're used to. And so it's more of, um, a, a larger change, which is you have everything, but the, what is there, the, how you go about doing it is so very different. And we need to retool ourselves. We need to reskill ourselves as to leveraging all of these resources to actually have bigger impact and scalability um, to the employee population and to the talent marketplace overall. And, uh, you know, so th that's, that's where the real hard work is. Um, because you could also just bring in marketing people, right? Oh, I'll just bring in a whole bunch of marketing people into HR. Uh, and, and there is a, a learning curve around um, understanding the nuances of just human beings. Now we all know human beings, but uh, the human beings as it relates to our ecosystem and our culture of the company. So uh, yeah, that's that actually sounds like a great challenge um, for you know as as we evolve. And to your point, it is going to happen, and it's about those that want to embrace taking on this challenge. So it's not only getting buy-in from 
executives at the company or a client, but it's also the buy-in with your team. So, so this episode we started and I said, my hope is you help to catapult the emerging market, right? You just did that. You just summarized, this is the challenge in front of us. So I, I just pulled it up I, for the last couple of days, just couldn't sleep, reflecting on all of the conversations, just feeling a responsibility. Can I bring this, this, this group together? So that if this is coalition network association, instead, I don't even know what it would be when we get to it. What is the vehicle by which we do this? We bring together the folks. It's purpose, super thesis. You know, I kept coming back to, to humanize the employee experience. And its mission, I was looking at the words as you were saying them, I was like, no, no, I think JT's words are better, but to define and accelerate the emerging market by translating the marketing mindset to the employee experience. Marketers just jumping in without understanding of the employee experience, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Those who are in employee experience, jumping and learning, you know, that's not, go ahead, GT, reactions. You know, it's it's because marketing would say, well, I'm an employee of a company. I know what an experience is. Uh, and also, well, um, a customer will be like, you know, have a similar, similar argument. Uh, and there is some truth to that. Yes, you had an experience, um, but you're one of of a function exactly. that there is, again, those different personas of an engineering or uh, exactly. a manager or uh, a, a generation um, right. that are, are represented in the organization. And we have to consider all those things. It gets complicated quickly. Totally, totally. Yeah, but I, um, love, you know, that coalition, sign me up, right? Because that's where... Uh, you know, that that's where one there's great thinking uh you know there's the possibilities um, um i know we talked earlier when you talked about the innovators being about two percent and i you know I, I was thinking about that going well i think it's got to be more now because the 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 workforce that has uh has embraced technology that they've grown up with it they know the power of it they have a lot more ease and understanding of it uh, and uh, the in the older generations, we've had to learn these the the tech and um, and the power that it has. Uh, I think that there's probably more that understand it now than in the past that are can lead this um, transformation or evolution uh, than there potentially were in the past. Uh, you know what. I always say is that I'm solving for the EQ piece um, <laughs> of the equation, uh, and but there is a lot of the tech that enables that EQ. And um, so I think there's going to be more innovators out there that have these great ideas that we can harness. Um, they're probably going to be more at the transactional level, but then it's like, how do you create um, a more... Uh, uh, I don't know, human, uh, a, a human uh, uh, part of the equation, because uh, I think that the early, the early adopters and the digital natives that are coming into the workforce today totally get it as it relates to all the connective tissues and, and the, the applications and uh, how it all works. Um, and they have to slow down a little to understand how humans work, not just how their apps work. Nailed it. And you even used that word. I was hoping like that word is not going to come up because if I feel that word is accurate, I'm not going to sleep at all. You use the word revolution, right? Mm -hmm. Because on the other side would be what? Happier people, right? Happy that are doing better work, like foundationally. This, this could be transformational. Yeah, I mean, look, we have to have fulfillment. Um, we spend a good portion of our life uh, with at work. Um, and yes, work is being redefined as to where we do it and how we do it, um, but we're still doing it. Um, and we need to have that part of our life be fulfilling and not only just result in, in paying the bills, uh, you know, there's, there's more to it. And, uh, when you're experiencing that, um, 
you know, there's there you are a, just a happy person or a grounded individual uh, who can focus on other aspects of your life as well um, and create that balance. Uh, so, yeah, the it would be nice to have that. Um, and we recognize, look, there's always going to be an indexing of times where there's an imbalance of those things. And that's where even AI can recognize it too, is when you are having those imbalances and then being able to program, how do you get that balance back? Um, audience, innovators, you decide, is, is JT the unicorn of innovators or just an extraordinary innovator? But um, JT, I, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful at all levels of this conversation and, and it hits so many and it's so timely. Just uh, thank you. Well, well, thank you. And I, I'd say that there's a lot of great unicorns out there. I think uh, there there will be uh, a whole bunch of of unicorns that are going to be riding into Silicon Valley and into the the HR world um, to help with. And I, I know a lot of my colleagues actually embrace, you know, taking marketing concepts and 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 how do we apply that into you know, our profession and even the CXO for customer success as well. And as to how do you nurture, set up, implement, um, continue to seed and grow the customer base to get uh, higher ROI out of that and create a partnership in that journey for their success and for uh, the individual success. So uh, there is a, a lot of transformation in the function overall. Um, for HR. And uh, like I said, I would argue that we we have lots of transformations in a variety of C-level uh, C areas. Um, but marketing is the fun one. And it has a lot of creativity. It has a lot of opportunity. Um, it's uh, where I know I get a lot of flow. Um, and uh, that's like the fun part of your job uh, of talking through these things and then you know figuring out how to how to make it all happen. So I do appreciate uh, listening to you and as well as uh, sharing some of my thoughts and uh, and look forward to uh, seeing what comes of all of this. We're going to move fast, JT. You just pushed us, you propelled us forward. So thank we you. We got to do this. We totally got to do this. this is, now's the time. Now's the moment. It's all the, everything's going in that direction. So embrace it and be curious around it and uh, and, and see what you can do and do it in little chunks here and there to, to see if it, it can work and that it works with uh, your company and your style. Innovators, let's do this. JT, yeah, thank you. Over and out.